we've been talking about knowing God's plan and his design. And this has been, I believe, real helpful and will be real helpful. And so today what I want to talk about is getting a new image. And having a new image, and what people don't realize is the image that people have as a believer, this, is, this isn't a self-help. This is for people who know the Lord. Yeah, out there? When we, when we reach the lost, we're helping them change their image. Because sometimes a lost person doesn't know the Lord and they think, well, I'm a member of a church. Or they say, you know, you know me, I just do good. God will have to let me into heaven. That's their own image, but that's not always appropriate. You know, our own images are not appropriate. Some images we have are appropriate when we're in the world. And some are wrong. And so sometimes people say, well, I'm good enough. I can just get there on my own, and it'll be fine, and God will let me in because, you know, I help people all the time. And, and without Jesus, uh, you can't get in. And not just knowing him, but receiving him and having him as your Lord, then you can get into heaven. That's the image that's placed in the Bible. There are different things in the Bible that we need to understand that Jesus didn't knock that people had in the world. Like the one man that came and he was a soldier and he had people under him and, had, and he was under people and he used the principles he learned in the military in his faith. And Jesus said, I haven't found great faith like this. No, not anywhere. Not in Israel. He hadn't seen it like that yet. And it was how he was formed by learning to submit and learning to have authority over, he just plugged that into his relationship with the Lord and got a miracle like that. And so, but there are some things that are inappropriate, and we need to understand that it really comes down to an internal image that we have. People, every person, saved and unsaved, has a certain image. But you are commanded as a believer to change how you see things and see life. And we need to understand there can be things in us that are not exposed until the right time and the right circumstances come. And when pressure's on, all of a sudden we recognize what's in us. And so we need to change that image or work on developing a correct image inside of us. Some of us may have uh, uh, the start of a good image, and, but, you know, uh, it may not be the image that it needs to be. Matter of fact, I have a friend or a guy I've known since Bible school who's a professional, he's, an, he's a cartoonist, you know, and he does all that kind of stuff. So, you know, most people know there was a big fight last night, you know, Manny Pacquiao and that other guy. And um, Mayweather, I'm just kidding, just in case somebody's like, well, he was 4-1. But anyway, he did an original sketch, sketch you know, a character, a cartoon of... Manny Pacquiao that was out for bid for like $500. And it was really good, but it was, you know, the, the big head with the little body, and it, and it was all done in pencil. It was really good. And I thought, that's a awesome just for sketching how good it looks. And I thought, now, if I did it probably at the same speed, I would probably have a stick man <laughs> with the shorts like he has, and it'd say Pacquiao right here, and then it'd be... Oh, okay, and then a mustache and a little goatee. But the image would not be near the image that his was. But we need to develop the image that we have internally, and everyone has one whether you know it or not. 
And really, the images that we have inside of us actually are really what governs our path in life and how we take steps in life. That is a truth. Meaning, we talked about last week how that believers are dead by nature to sin. I mean, that is a changed nature, but some believers still think they're alive to sin. So they think that way, and as they think that way, now if they thought they were dead to sin and saw themselves as dead to sin, it would produce a whole nother path. It would cut off certain paths of life for them because they would see themselves as somebody who is dead to the world, and they would see themselves as somebody alive unto God, and so what it would do is even though they might be alive, if they don't see themselves alive, then they may still live like the rest of the world lives because that's the image they have of themselves. Though they recognize life in them, they recognize some kind of change that they got, but they see themselves different. So you have to take the Bible and you have to read and pray and let that that's in there soak in in here. That's where in 2 Corinthians, the third chapter, where it talks about being transformed from glory to glory. In other words, from one image to a new image. From one way of seeing life to another way of seeing life. Once that image changes, a lot of the struggling in areas will change too. Because the way you see something is really the way you expect something. You with me? The way you see something is the way you expect something. I remember going to a camp. I've been to a number of them and speaking at them and doing different roles at camps. And I remember some people came up and they had vehicle problems and all kinds of stuff coming up. Like a hose broke, a belt broke, you know, stuff like that. They got up there and they said, this is going to be an incredible camp because what the devil tried to do to us on the way up here. Breaking the hose, breaking the belt. That was the image they had. Now, if he could just break belts and break hoses, he'd be breaking them all the time. <clears throat> Maybe the belt got old. Maybe the hose got weak and was deformed and wrong. Jesus one time explaining why some problems came. He, he asked a question. He said, you know, when that tower fell on uh, those people and 17 people died, were they any worse than others? And he gave some other illustrations. He said, no. He said, when people were slaughtered <clears throat> because of their faith, these religious people slaughtered other people. And he told the story. He said, were they any more wicked? No. But what he did explain was there are some just natural things that man does and faulty workmanship by man could create a problem. Now, would God try to direct you away from it? Sure he would. But then the other side is we see right now religious persecution. Not because the Christians are evil, just because they're evil men. There are different reasons why things happen is what I'm getting at. But some people have the wrong image. So the minute something goes wrong, people... I mean, could you imagine if we have to expect God is going to do something big today based on the work of the devil? That does not seem right. 
meaning he, he tweaked my car, he did this. Well, if you believe God's bigger, then why don't you believe for the hose to go back? Just, just saying. But it, what it is, it's an image people have. And it was sad because when they said this to me, I didn't just say, well, that's stupid. But I did think, that's stupid. But at the same time, I thought, where was their expectation before this problem came? And did they just ratchet it up because of the problem and go, woo-hoo-hoo? What if all of a sudden we're worshiping God in here and giving praise to God and you start sensing God moving and you go, today is going to be an incredible day. What it is is it's tweaking your image and it's causing you to go, yeah, but can we pre-tweak the image internally in ourselves and have a new image that actually could bring about tremendous results in our own lives. Could we do that? Could we change the internal image that every one of us has, and it's always different from one person to the other? How you receive from God is based on an image you have. Some people see it that whenever they read the Word of God, God is going to show me stuff, and that's how they see it. They totally expect it, because what you see eventually be, will be what you expect. And expectation is really the driving force behind your faith. And some people just see things wrong, so they start expecting wrong. They, and then what you do when you expect wrong is you plan wrong. And let me say something, that is the very actions by which faith works. And so what we need to do is instead of going to the end product in the Christian faith is go back to the beginning product. You with me? In other words, start at the root of it. And if you do that, it's kind of like setting up the dominoes correctly. When you hit the first one, then they'll all start falling correctly. Because some people are trying to use faith to move mountains by speaking to them. But Jesus said, out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth will speak. And that really is the principle of faith. So you need to change that image internally. And when you change that image internally, it'll change paths. It'll change how you act. It'll change what you do. It won't be some driving force that I've just got to switch this and do this. It'll just be you. It would be a word in the Bible. It would be, you have become transformed. You have a new form inside of you, a new image, and it is now starting to govern your whole life. And this works really throughout the kingdom of God and all kinds of principles. So if you will, turn to Romans, if I didn't tell you this, the 12th chapter. And we're going to look at a few things here before we leave this morning about getting a new image inside of us how to get a new image and why we need a new image. And, and, and you'll see some of these scriptures, I believe, will open up things to you and you'll go, whoa, whoa. I can, you can do it. I can do it. And you'll recognize things, I believe, through these. And Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech or literally I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. So who's he writing to here? The brethren. 
Who are the brethren? People who have received Christ as their Savior and Lord. So he said, I'm begging you, brethren. Remember this, sometimes when we've been in the faith for a little while, sometimes people look to try to find something new to make something work. Many times it's just elementary things that make it work. You with me? And so here he said, I beg you, brethren, I urge you, brethren, by God's mercies, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. This is a service you render to God, presenting your life and your body and your lifestyle to him in an appropriate way. That's something you do. You do it. You give your body to him. You use it for his service. You use it the way he wants you to use it. Then he said this in the next verse, and do not be conformed to this world. So he said, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove or know or experience what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. We're talking about knowing God's will, but walking out his perfect will, his good will, or just ending up in acceptable things is going to be determined on the image you have inside of you. Why do you come here to hear the word of God? Because when you hear the word of God preached, just like when you're in school, it begins to shape you. We live in a godless society because things have been thrown and, the, and people have yielded to them. When I say thrown, I mean through words. They accept it as fact. But that's why we transform ourselves by hearing the word of God. We should not be bothered that we are working to change an image inside of us. Some people have an image about themselves because they're Irish that they just got to fight. They got to be mean. They got to be this. They got to be th That's their image. They've been told that all their life. You know us. We'll be the first ones to fight or we'll be the first ones to be bitter. Or we'll and really, if you change the image according to the way God has it, God said he put his love in you when you got saved. So you actually, as a believer, need to change the image and realize you have the divine love of God in you. And you need to renew your mind until you see yourself the way God sees you. And it will work in any area, but just like I told you that story about that artist, my stick man doesn't have all the details, so i got to expand it a little bit. And sometimes we just need to feed enough on these truths and begin to think in these areas that I am a lover, not a hater. And it won't change always overnight, but as you renew your mind, you will change the image in you, and it will change how you act, and it will change how you'll be. Notice this. Here it says in Romans, the 8th chapter, a couple of chapters before, a few chapters. And we've read these verses before, but they're definitely worth looking at again because we're not to be conformed, but we're to be transformed. And then there's an interesting statement in Romans 8, uh, 29. It says, for whom he foreknew. 
Now he's talking about Christians or people who have given their life to Christ. He also predestined. You know what predestined is, right? When you go to the airport or you go out to the street here, there are buses that will take you places. They have a name up on top of them that will say, you know, whatever street, whatever station, at the airport, whatever parking lot, it's predetermined where that thing is going. But God has predetermined for you as a believer to come to a certain place in him. And so he's written it down so you know where he wants you to be. Now, you can't take the wrong bus and get there. Yeah, there you can't ride any bus and go, I'm a Christian, I'll just get there. No, you can't. You have to take the right steps to get there, and that's what renewing the mind is, beginning to think a different way. But notice this. He said, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined, what? To be conformed to the image of his son. Transformed to be conformed to the image of his son. We, as believers, have been predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus. In moral conduct, in prayer life, in faith life, in standing with God, you have been predestined to be changed to that image. But before you become that image, you have to have that image. You have to see yourself the way God sees you to walk it out. You with me? And that's why the word of God is so important to us is, hey, if I want to be that, I mean, I remember when I first got saved, I had such a craving to love. I mean, I went from being a bitter person, being a mean person, being selfish in all kinds of areas in life, to I wanted to love, so I would pray, Lord, what I need is I need love. Give me love. I need a lot of love. I need love. Just give me love. If anybody needs love, I need love. And I had such a craving to love people. You know, I need love. You know, I need love. And I, but my life had changed, and I was starting to be kind to people and, and less selfish. And I'm like, Lord, I need, I need this love. Give me this love. Even though I noticed there was some kind of new life working and, and I wanted to love, as I read along, I found out you, you, you don't pray for love. Now, you can pray to abound in it, but I found out later on I actually had it. See, I had a wrong image, so I was praying for something I already had. Instead of feeding it and getting the image of what was already in me in me, if that makes sense, seeing that I had love in me and feeding that love, I was trying to get it from outside and get God to put it in me, then I'd have it. But when I do that, then I'm waiting for God to do something, not realizing he has already done something when I got saved. I just need to change and begin to renew my mind until I see myself as a lover and not a hater, as a forgiver. 
and not one who's just always going to hold things and be bitter. And so if that is the case and I see myself, I'm not going to be traveling down other paths. I'm going to know the danger in them because I'm going to see life different. But you could understand this could take work. It could be easier to just watch TV. But it's not more pleasant. Yeah, out there? I said it's not more pleasant. The end result is not the same. And so we, every believer, there's not one. Any little kid that's gotten born again, they could be three years old. <clears throat> the purpose of a parent, help them to have a good image, to see themselves a certain way. Any age when somebody gets saved, they're predestined. It, they've been marked by God to be transformed into the image of Jesus. What was one of Jesus' great images you could think of? Well, man, he was after God's plan to fulfill it, to reach people, to help humanity. That's how he saw life. I said, that's how he saw life. He just was, he, and he had, he, he saw himself as a child of God, because he was, and he saw himself in a great relationship with God, and he was, but we're to be transformed, and we need to recognize when you got saved, you got put into a wonderful relationship with God, and you were put into good standing with God, you were justified, you were cleansed, period. Well, I don't feel, what it is, is you're focusing on the wrong image. You're focusing on the wrong image. That's why you have to be transformed. You have to get stuff that will present something to you to put a new image in you. You with me? And we need to understand this. And if we could get this down, this is super fundamental. And if you change the image, and how would you change it? You really change the image by meditation. Now, I'm not talking about what Eastern people do or you find a little fat Buddha guy you know, and stuff like that, you know, like you go into the restaurants and you see that guy or the toad or whatever, you know, in the Japanese restaurants and you see those little guys they met, you know, and they're all into meditation. That's not what I'm talking about. You know, I always put toothpicks in their mouth and stuff like that when I go into those restaurants. I, they look better like that. So like if there's a little Buddha thing, you know, at the Japanese place, I'll put like a coin in his mouth or a toothpick or something and uh, just spicing it up a little bit, but it's dead, it isn't going to guide you. It's not going to do anything. It's not going to help you. Those things are not alive, but they talk about meditation. They get themselves in a state, and they boom and do all this stuff. That is not meditation. So if you hear meditation from the Bible standpoint, don't hear it from the way maybe you have heard it in the world. You out there? Hear it from a Bible standpoint. What is a Bible standpoint of meditation? It's really just to ponder. And we're instructed to ponder truths. Meditate. Some people have said it like this, what worry is on the negative, meditation is on the positive. People can be familiar with meditation or worry because, you know, in the world sometimes, the world is so twisted away from God in many ways they don't realize it. And they say, will you pray for me? I'm just so worried about everything. And you try to help them get past worry. They don't realize worry is a sin. They think if you don't worry, you don't care. My thinking is, is if you do care, you won't worry. Because then you could trust. Because worrying is literally being occupied with something inappropriate. 
And that's what will fill your heart. It will mess you up. So the way out is to get your attention on the Lord and focus in on Him. Get your mind off the problems. How many of us have ever faced something and worry has tried to attack you? And then that image it was trying, because it's really trying to give you an image. It's trying to paint a new image. Tell you how bad it's going to be and how everything's going to be. How many times has that ever happened and then when that came to pass, none of it ever happened, but you just had an upset stomach for three days, waiting? Four days. Why? Because there was a new image, and that image that's kept in your head will eventually get inside your heart, and then it will drive your life. So you could live like that. That's horrible. God called you to have abundant life and be in victory. But victory's got to get in you first. Well, I don't understand. Meaning the image of victory. And so we need to understand what the way I see myself is the way I'm going to act. You with me? Not just do I come to church, but the way I see myself. And so meditating or deeply pondering truths out of the Word of God as a believer will begin to change the image in you. Peace will begin to increase. Your life will begin to change. You won't have to struggle to go, I don't want to do this. You'll just all of a sudden think, that's not me. I look back at my own life the way I used to be before I was walking with the Lord and look at my life now. I think, that is so not me. That's why I never, or I shouldn't say never, very rarely talk about my past. Because it seems so foreign to me. But do you know that your faith works and the power of God works in your life and all the things that God has provided for you work in your life based on the internal image you have about it? You with me? That is the truth. Peter says this, 1 Peter 1.8, it says, Having not seen, we love concerning Jesus. And he talks about how that because we believe in whom we do not see, we rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Now listen, believing is what we're talking about. Believing is not just something I possess, it's something I do. You with me? It's not just do I have a scripture. Scripture just by itself is not reality. Revelation of scripture is reality. We need the reality of the scriptures in us. When we see it in us that way, it is real to us. That's why people can quote scripture, but it's not real because they don't have the image of it in them yet. They don't have the revelation because revelation causes the real realities that are not always seen to become real in me. That's why you can talk to somebody and say, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in Jesus. Oh, yeah, he was a man and everything, all right. But, man, when you get that image in you and the Spirit of God through your meditation, you get that in you, it can get so branded in you, you say, you just cut my head off. Some Christians here are like, oh, my goodness, all those people dying over there. I'm not for them dying. But at the same time, maybe they just got an image in them. They're like thinking, big deal. I'm going to serve God, and I'm not going to give up my faith for nothing because their faith is not just a principle. It's a reality. And they know who they serve. 
and you can change that in your life. I think that's why we need to be careful what we ponder. Because it will establish us in stuff like we did not know possible. And I mean in a positive way. And so if he rejoiced in not even seeing the Lord with joy inexpressible and full of divine glory and power because of what he believed, really our believing is based on the image we each have. It is. The image can be strengthened. It can be formed by pondering. I mean, I have a video that I shared with that guy who's that artist in a private message on Facebook. And I said, have you seen this? Because art to me is fascinating. And it's a, it's a bottle of alcohol that was drawn by pencil. And then when it's completely finished, it, it doesn't look like it was a pencil drawing with, with colored pencils and stuff. It actually looks like the real thing shadows and everything never seen something like it but that image was formed and then what happened was it looks like reality but here's the thing we're talking about forming an image in us about realities about heavenly realities about jesus realities about holy spirit realities and the book right here is the pencils by which you draw you with me? You take this book and you hear these things and if you need a little bit of this over here, then you find scriptures that say, he took my infirmities until you meditate until you see he did it. Then you won't be trying to get it. You will see yourself as having it internally. But sometimes people would just rather pray for three minutes and say, okay, but well, didn't work. Guess it wasn't God's will. No, they need to change the image inside of them. Whatever image you develop is what you begin to see in life. Isn't that true about Polaroid cameras? You don't see them a lot. I mean, some places you do now because they're kind of a cool thing. But, you know, you take a picture and what was there all of a sudden will start to show up on that paper. And what's on thereafter is what you get to see. And you need to develop something inside of you, a new image, because when that's what you see, you see through it. In other words, this word is full of light and full of life. And we know this, that the sun is full of power and light. If you go stare at that for 15 or 20 minutes... And then you leave, and you go walk around. I could still be talking to you, and every time I blink, I have an image of the sun. And if I will keep renewing that, so to speak, that process of looking at the S-O-N and then living life, I'm going to see through sunspots. And it's going to greatly affect me. Because what's happening is that image is getting inside of me. And they'll tell you don't do it because it could become permanent. I am telling you do this because we want it to be permanent. It'll change how you act. The reason why people do what they do is that's how they see themselves. You with me? They don't recognize sometimes the life that's in them. But, thank God, God's got a plan. That's why I said, if you get a new image, you'll have a new course for life. 
Turn with me to James, the first chapter. An interesting verse of Scripture, especially talking about having a new image. Because some people probably that know their Bibles are already thinking, James, the first chapter, wonder what part he's going to talk about, about having a new image. I'm going to talk about verse 2 through 8. You're like, but that's about tests and trials. That's about temptations. Yes, but let me explain something here. It's really about an image that is trying to be robbed from you. And a new image is trying to be placed in you based on circumstances and the writhing of the winds and the waves of life. And the principle here is to get an image from God and keep it when adversity comes. To see things a certain way, believe it a certain way, and when those objects come that would try to paint a new picture of doom and gloom, he's telling you how to triumph over it. Notice this. James 1, 2 says, the first chapter, second verse, my brethren, so who's he talking to? Not the world. They need to get saved. You don't have to teach them about prayer. They need to get saved. You don't have to teach them about fasting. They need to get saved. You don't need to talk to them about being filled with the Holy Spirit. They need to be saved. You don't need to talk to them about forgiving. They need to get saved. Why train them about a bunch of stuff when they need to get saved? They'll get love and they'll notice changes in their life. We need to understand the Spirit will convict them if we approach them properly. Notice this, James 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now let me do a time out. When you're living life and you're loving the Lord, you may see Him as high and lifted up and glorious and everything. Woo-hoo! But then a test and a trial comes your way. What is a test? What is a trial? Well, here we're going to see that he calls them winds of adversity. What do winds do? They push. And if they're not going the direction you want to go, you could say they either push you to the side or try to push you back or push you to the other side or push you down or whatever. But unless they're at your back, they don't help. The other morning I went for a bike ride. And the wind was blowing out of the desert from the east to the west. So I went on this one street and I turned. And it's kind of wavy up and down, but mostly it's going downhill. It was work. I was like, this work. And I was like, this is not good. This work. This work that I wasn't expecting. But here's the thing that I need to understand is this. Somebody say, well, did you see the wind? No. And most of the time, we don't always just see things. We see the effect of them. I saw the trees moving, but I didn't see the wind. I saw the bushes moving, but I didn't see the wind. I felt something against me, but I didn't see the wind. I just saw its effects. And sometimes, just depending where you're at in life, you're going to feel some effects. But you just keep heading into it. Here, tests and trials could be not only unseen things, but they can be troubles in life. And what they're trying to do is we really are to live life with a certain image. What these things do is try to get you to not see the right image, but focus on a wrong image. Let me say that again. The storms of life 
come to get you to focus on a different image so that you would process life different and then begin to act different. Then you would act outside of faith. Abraham, who we talk about, we're supposed to follow his faith. You know, he's the faith example. Romans 4 talks about how he was not moved by trouble. He believed what God said, and when, when things came, he didn't change his attention and go that way. But it's interesting, you know, he didn't start that way. Though God said, this is how you're going to be, this is how life's going to be for you, he didn't start that way. So that's good news that we are to follow the example of a guy who started wacky, but had a great covenant with God and ended right. Because some people say, well, uh, look at me. Look at him. He started off, and what happened was because he had a bad image. It's really what it was. He didn't see God able to do a miracle on his wife, change her body. So he said, hey, you got a servant? Let's go over here and give this a whirl. I'll sleep with her. She'll give us a baby. And the wife said, Sounds good. There's a lot of wives thinking, what are you talking about? But she said, go for it. He said, I'll suffer. And he didn't realize he was about to suffer. But he had an image to do that. Well, it was a twisted image because it was somewhat influenced by God and somewhat not influenced by God. He tried to make, by his actions... What only God could do come to pass because he didn't see God able yet because he was obviously moved by her body at first. She can't. Later on, he didn't need to give personal intervention to make it come to pass. He actually, like I said in Romans, the fourth chapter, was no longer moved by what he saw. He didn't stagger, the Bible said, at the promises of God through unbelief. In other words, when he solved the problem, he kept his mind fixed on the image God gave him and the thing God had promised and the thing God had told him was so, and then he just didn't allow himself to move his attention over onto the thing. At first he did, and then his actions were wrong. He was never going to produce what was right when the image was wrong. And even though he attempted to make it right by his own actions to go fix the problem, and really he didn't fix it, he made it worse. We all know that because we have news. When we see a bunch of stuff happening in the Middle East that is a direct result of what he had done back then, trying to help God because he had a wrong image. If he would have just sat steady, changed the image, then the results would have changed. But aren't you glad that he's our example? So if you're in not the best place or I'm not in the best place, we can recognize it's not going to be by our human manipulation. You out there? It's going to be by having a new image and seeing it the way God sees it internally by me meditating and thinking and recognizing that there are going to be storms that come. And that's what happened to Abraham. Abraham, at first, storms came. His wife just kept appearing and not looking right. 
Her body's not working. What's going on? But once the image changed, the miracle happened. And that's true with all of us. Whenever the image changes, whether it's healing or being filled with the Spirit or walking in power, whatever it is, or even the image about this book, you get an image that this book is full of power and full of life and full of everything, and that image gets in you. When you read it, it will totally change. I mean, things will change dramatically. And so Abraham made some choices based on really a wrong image. He thought, well, I'll make this come to pass instead of seeing that God is able. He saw, well, I'm going to have to do something. So notice this. When here in James, the first chapter, when it talks about um, counting it all joy when you fall into various trials, remember this. He's really, I believe, talking to people who have an appropriate image. They're seeing things a certain way. They're believing it a certain way. Because when you're in faith, you're, you, you're seeing it a certain way. And then the storm comes. What did the storm come for? And he gives solutions here to help all of us stay in the place of a right image where our faith will work. And it's really cool because God cares enough that he had somebody write it so we could read it. And we could do it. The first thing he said, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Well, that has to be the image you have. Why? Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience or literally endurance. Notice, tests and trials will come to maneuver your faith away from where it is. There, there's going to be a battle there at times. But notice, he said, but let patience or endurance or consistency have its perfect work that you might be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. In other words, you get and live in what you need and want or he has given to you. He wants you to live in it, but no, he said, stuff's going to come against you. Many, the Bible said, are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. But notice this. He starts to help us. He said, verse, he said, so you can get this place where you endure this and you don't lack. You get and live in his fullness. But then notice, he said, if any of you lacks wisdom or how to do things in life, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally or freely and without reproach. In other words, he won't just go, you've already asked that. And it said, and he will give it to him. But here's where we get. This is where we're going to close with these, but it's going to help. But let him ask in faith. In other words, trust and be confident. See it the way it is that God will hear and answer you. So he said, let him ask in faith without doubting, for he who doubts is like the wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. What he's saying is when you ask God, you're going to have to be careful because when you ask him, there's going to be stuff that's going to come blowing your way saying, well, he's not going to do that for you. He's not going to hear you. He won't give that to you. Those are the winds of adversity to change your image from he has heard me. He said he would tell me what I would ask. So if I asked for wisdom, he'd tell me. He'd get it to me. 
But then what he tries to do is get you to have a new image that says, well, he just didn't going to get that to you. So what's he do? You're going to have to fight the winds of adversity to keep your mind on the right image. He said, if I asked him, but what is the wind trying to do? It's trying to bend you away from a certain image to get a new image, a wrong image. But we've approached knowing that God hears us, but then a little bit of wind comes and waves come and start rocking the ship. He's trying to get you to focus on the wrong thing, on a different image, a different way. I'm a partier. That's just all there is to it. No, you're not. Not if you're saved. That's just the image. Somewhere the image changed. But he tells us here, notice this, driven and tossed by the wind. These forces are out there. For he said, let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Not just that, anything. Why? Because of the principle. Notice this. He is a double-minded man. Literally, it means a man of two souls or two opinions. He is not holding to one opinion. He's saying, yeah, God hears me. And then they change to the other opinion. I don't know if God is all because of the pressures. Do you know when the pressures come to you, you have a choice not to stop them from coming, but what you will put your attention on. In the Bible, it's called giving heed or giving attention. What you give attention to will build the image. If you're in a tough time, just keep practicing putting your mind back on the answer, not on the problem. It will build that in you. It's called meditating, pondering the truth. He said he's a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. In other words, when it's talking about being unstable there, it literally means he's not anchored or fixed. To have a right image when storms come, you got to keep anchored. How many of you know there is a purpose for an anchor in a boat? It's so that when storms come, it doesn't get washed up on the shore. It doesn't get beat against the dock. Or whatever it is, there's a rope and an anchor for a purpose or so that when you leave it there and it's not too stormy and just a slight breeze. Because even a slight breeze can cause major damage to a boat if it's not anchored. Because it can just send it out into the current of a river. It can send it out into the middle of the ocean. It could send it into the rocks where it just... <coughs> and just gets itself beat to death. And it really just needs... There needs to be an anchor. And you know what the Bible said? Jesus is the anchor to your soul. And that's why the Bible said looking unto Jesus. Meaning meditate. Think on him. And he will not only author your faith, but it said he will complete it or make it work. You will get the results you want. You will get them. Whatever it is, this will be the thing that makes you believe whatever. Anything that you get the image on, if he said he will hear, if he said de demons have to flee from you by using his name, you need to get that image in you so that when you speak, you're not moved by the winds and the wave. Well, did they leave? Did they not leave? You're wavering. No, don't. Get your mind fixed and go, had to go. See it as so. Then you won't have to freak out. Amen? So you could see 
that we need to work this process in our life. Amen?